Welcome to the Swim Upstream podcast, where we talk about intentional living against cultural norms. If you're ready to break out of survival mode and cultivate a more intentional life, then you're in the right place. Find your courage to live differently and swim upstream. Let's get started. Welcome back, y'all. This is Jenny with Swim Upstream, and you are listening to episode eight, the first in a series called The Intentional Kitchen. This week's episode is going to be about cooking from scratch and how to make it doable. But before we get to that episode, let's talk about what I'm learning this week. Every week I share with you a little something that I'm learning about. And the reason I share this with you is, number one, to pique your interest and cause you to go and look for things for you to learn about. And also to just share a little bit into what's currently going on in our lives. So I want you to be thinking about what you can learn in this season. What is it that you need to know more about? What is it that you're stumped on or struggling with that you could educate yourself on? Find me over on Instagram at instagram.com slash swim.upstream and share with me what you're thinking about this week. Tag me in your post or send me a message um, and let's talk about the things that we're learning together. This week I'm learning about poison ivy. We have an outcrop of poison ivy that has come up in two trees on our property where you go from the lower level of our yard to the upper level of our fire pit area and those two trees have a pretty significant sprout of poison ivy growing up the trunks and up into the limbs of one of the trees and so my friend Karen has been teaching me about how to spray all those outcrops with straight white vinegar to begin to kill them off and make them wilt. Um, Michael has hit a couple of the vines with the machete to try to break off their um, nutrient supply and Karen will be coming tomorrow to pull it all out and to try to sever the vines that have begun to grow up and at least diminish if not completely eliminate that vine from coming back next year. So I've learned a lot about how to eradicate poison ivy from my yard. So make sure that you go on Instagram and tag me in your post or send me a message and let me know what it is you're learning about this week. Let's continue that conversation together. Now on to episode 8, the first in a series on the intentional kitchen. So this week I want to talk about how to make cooking from scratch doable. I don't know about you, but when I first really started to consider cooking from scratch, it seemed like a huge monumental task and I wasn't quite sure that I was up for it. And so really there was an intimidation factor there that really kept me from learning much about how to cook from scratch in the beginning. I didn't know what to cook because there weren't very many things that I knew how to cook that didn't come from a box. 
or a bag. And so I hope that these tips are helpful if one of your goals is to cook from scratch. Now, I will remind you that the things that we talk about on this show are my goals for my family and some of the ways that we live against the grain. Um, My goals won't look like your goals. Maybe your goal is not to cook from scratch or to feed your family unprocessed foods 80% of the time and limit your processed and convenience foods to 20% of your intake. Maybe your goals right now are to cook more often and not get takeout as often as you have been. Maybe your goal is to incorporate more fruits and vegetables. Maybe your goal is to eliminate some of the unhealthy foods in your diet and replace them with healthier versions, even if those healthier versions might still be processed foods. I think the principles here are still going to be the same. You need to be able to go back to those tools that we talked about in the first um, two episodes where you ask yourself why you want to do it and get your motivation where it needs to be. Understand why you're putting in this extra work and you're doing the hard thing and you're going against the grain to do what other people don't want to take the time and the effort to do. What motivates you to do that? And then we need to look at researching all the different techniques and things that could be done, the pros and cons, and then developing your first stupid simple step, and then taking some action and not worrying about what other people think of it. So I'm hoping that in sharing with you today how cooking from scratch can be a little more doable, that you'll find a place in this episode as a jumping off point for whatever your goals are in your kitchen. So let's get started on cooking from scratch and making it doable. The first thing that helps with making cooking from scratch doable is developing simple repeating meals. I think one of the things that really tripped me up in the beginning when I was trying to cook from scratch for the first time was every meal was a brand new recipe that I had never tried and I didn't want to spend five six nights a week cooking a brand new involved recipe from scratch every single night not knowing how the recipe worked not knowing how it would turn out not knowing what my family would think about about that meal and so it was a tremendous amount of work and effort every single night for something that wasn't necessarily a sure thing. I wasn't sure if they would like it. I wasn't sure if I would like it. I wasn't sure that I could cook it and make it come out the way it was supposed to be. So my solution for that was to come up with simple repeating meals. I learned how to do things like make a basic pasta sauce from scratch. And then that could be converted into things like baked ziti or spaghetti casserole or just a big pot of pasta and sauce. So think through simple repeating meals. We talked about this a little last week in the stocked pantry episode. So go back and listen to that and think through what your brainless crowd pleasers are. 
those things that are easy for you to make mostly from memory and the things that you're stocking your pantry with so that these are things that you can make quickly you can make without a lot of mental effort and you generally have the ingredients on hand and then once you master the basics then you can add to it so for example with the tomato sauce I can make a basic pasta sauce because I know how to make basic tomato sauce and now that I've done that I've stepped it up a little bit and now I'm trying to make homemade tomato soup because that's a little bit more involved and it has a little bit more effort to it and adds a little bit more um, to the techniques and knowledge that I have something that I need to refer to a recipe still and I haven't quite perfected or mastered it so start with the basics add to it and use those brainless cr crowd pleasers those simple repeating meals you don't have to serve a completely different thing every night for 30 days straight stick with the things you know your family loves learn how to make those from scratch first and do start with the basics and then build on that so another technique that helps when you're trying to cook from scratch and make it doable is to prep ahead um, this is a this is a tip that can help whether you're wanting to cook from scratch or whether you're wanting to cook more often or you're wanting to keep from hitting the drive-thru every night prep ahead and you can do that on a weekly basis one night a week just sit down and plow through it for the week's menu or maybe you just do it every day a little every day for me it works better at this season in my life to do it daily um, my routine is to start dinner after breakfast after breakfast I determine what we're going to eat that night and then I can set out meat to thaw I can maybe pre-cook the meat um, if you're going to bake bread to go with your meal you would want to start that bread in the morning so that it has time to rise and do all the things that it needs to do um, it's also when I determine what vegetables need to be chopped and if I could go ahead and do that maybe you're gonna have a salad with your meal and you can go ahead and prep that just having that regular little part of your day that you can prep food for the next meal or for the next snack or the next dessert or whatever uh, one habit that I'm trying to incorporate into my daily life now that the busyness of getting the garden in the ground has passed is called a kitchen power hour and this is an idea that I stole from Kate at venison for dinner on Instagram and basically every day at three o'clock she does a kitchen power hour and she goes in and she really just plows through all kinds of kitchen prep she works on her kombucha she makes bread she um, bakes cookies she'll get muffins ready for the next day she'll make pancakes or waffles to go in the freezer um, just anything that she can do that will help make her dinner prep and meal prep more enjoyable or easier for her later on um, so I am trying to 
include that power hour in my afternoons. So maybe prepping ahead is something that will help you in your goals in your kitchen as well. Another thing that works in helping make cooking from scratch more doable is to cook components in bulk. Whenever I make rice in my instant pot, I always make double the rice that we need because it's no less effort and it's twice the amount of food. So then I have rice that I can either freeze and pull back out for another meal or it's rice that I can use as a basis for tomorrow's recipe and it's just one more thing that's already done for me for the next day. I can do the same thing with um, potatoes. It's very very easy to just throw a bunch of potatoes in the instant pot or on a sheet pan in the oven and bake a whole bunch of potatoes. It's just as easy to bake 10 as it is to bake 2. So go ahead and do several and save yourself a step the next time you go to cook that particular thing. I do this with chicken as well. If I'm going to roast chicken especially, I will do two full pans of chicken parts in the oven and roast all of it. And some of it we will eat for roast chicken. Some of it I'll pull off the bone and use the shredded chicken in something else. But doing all of that at once gives us a large amount of meat that's already done that we can do something with. You can also do this with ground meat where you, instead of cooking two pounds of ground beef, maybe I go ahead and cook five pounds of ground beef. And you can even, after you brown the meat, you can drain it and freeze it. You can go ahead and season it where maybe half the meat is um, taco meat and half the meat is sloppy joes or half the meat goes into chili and the other half of the meat goes into pasta sauce or you have pre-cooked ground beef to go into a casserole or to go into a soup or to throw into a freezer meal. So really think outside of having to build the entire meal from scratch all at one time. See how many components of the meals that you like to make you could pre-make ahead of time and have frozen or pre-cooked in your refrigerator so that when it's time to use those, you can grab those and part of your meal is already started for you. Again, these are things that will help you whether your goal is to cook from scratch, whether your goal is to eliminate takeout, or maybe it's just that you want to eat something more than cereal for breakfast, for, for dinner three nights a week. Um, another rule that I have in my intentional kitchen in cooking from scratch and making that doable is to eat it until it's gone. We are big leftover people in our house because I don't want to waste any food. My goal is to not have to cook a full large meal more than about three to four times a week. That means for a couple nights a week we are either having planned leftovers um, or we're having them for lunch or we're repurposing the leftovers into something else. For example, 
one night last week we had a pork shoulder roast that I cooked in a crock pot with a can of beer and we made barbecue out of it so for the first night we had barbecue on buns with a vegetable on the side and some slaw and that was that night's dinner and it was also the next day's dinner for lunch um, the day after that we cooked the rest of the meat that was left over and I I took pepper and onion and fajita seasoning and I sauteed that in a pan with some diced tomatoes and I added in the the meat and we had pork pulled tacos and just being able to put that in a different wrapping with some different seasoning turned it into a completely a diff different meal and we were able to eat that and finish off the rest of what was left of that meat so think through how could you repurpose your leftovers and make it into something else maybe you have tacos one night and you use the leftover taco meat to make chili maybe you have um roasted chicken and you take the leftovers and pull the meat off of it and then use that chicken in a stir fry or chicken quesadillas or something else that you would need some shredded chicken for so plan to have leftovers a couple nights a week and plan to freeze the extra or serve them in a new way but really you're planning to eat it until it's gone and you're minimizing the food waste the reason I like this the most is that it gives me a break which leads us to my fifth tip for you which is give yourself a break when you take a cook's vacation you've made a double batch of something so you might have one for now and one in the freezer for another time so when you pull that meal out you're pressing the easy button that night that's a cook's vacation you are giving your future self a gift by pre-cooking something and setting it aside for later so um be sure to give yourself a break um it is not the end of the world for you to have sandwiches for dinner or to have a convenience food every once in a while for dinner we at least once a month will have something like corn dogs or hot dogs or um, fish sticks or something very very mindless and easy that I can throw on a pan and throw in the oven and not have to worry about cooking from scratch and that's again why our realistic goal is 80 20 where 80 percent of what we eat is made from scratch and 20 percent isn't because for me at my time in life cooking from scratch 100 percent of the time and never having a processed food is unrealistic so another thing that you can do to help give yourself a break is to teach your kids what can you teach your children that would help make your kitchen life easier now spoiler alert when you bring kids into the kitchen it will take longer when you bring kids into the kitchen it will be messier when you bring kids into the kitchen it won't be perfect 
there's very likely going to be mistakes. There's very likely going to be mess. It's very likely going to take way longer than it usually does when you do it. But hear me on this. The reward is worth it. You will have children who can put together a meal on a night that you're sick or a night that you have a meeting or a night that you just need a break because you're tapped out. And those are the best kinds of gifts that your kids can give you is a night out of the kitchen. So teach your children how to do food prep. Teach your children knife skills. One of my daughters, Amber, right now loves to be my sous chef. This afternoon, she cut up peppers and onions for our dinner for tonight, and she cut up a head of celery and a bag of carrots so that we have those for snack to go along with our hummus. Um, We also had to do a little bit of extra instruction and reminder of a few things with red peppers, but she learned from that, and she mastered even better, a technique that she's been learning. And then when it's time for me to make dinner, those vegetables were already prepped and ready to go. Um, Same thing with my youngest daughter, Georgia. She made the rice in the Instant Pot for tonight's dinner. And I just had to tell her, use two cups of rice, use four cups of water, put a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt, and hit the button on the Instant Pot that says rice. And she was able to help make part of our meal. Um, We'll talk more about kids in the kitchen in an upcoming episode through this series of Intentional Kitchen. So stay tuned for that. So think about what your food goals are. As we start this series of the Intentional Kitchen What are your food goals for your family? Step back and look at what you're doing and think about what you would like to change. What part of your kitchen work is tedious? Where do you find yourself stressed out or frustrated? Where do you feel like you don't measure up to a standard that you've put on yourself that you wish you could do better? Again, a standard that you have come up with, not from someone else. We are not people pleasers here. We are not people who want to do what everybody else thinks we should do. And that's why we're swimming upstream. We want to do what's best for our family, what's best for us in our lives, in our homes, in our kitchens. So keeping that in mind, what do you wish you could change? Where are you struggling in your kitchen? Where is it not enjoyable anymore? Where do you see gaps or where would you like to grow? And then once you've figured that out, what step can you take to start? Do you need to learn a new technique? Do you need to master a new skill? Do you maybe need some really good tools to use in your kitchen? I learned a long time ago that my kitchen is my workplace. And just like my husband, who works on cars, needs specific quality tools in order to do his job well, I need specific quality tools in order to do my job well. I wouldn't expect him to work on cars with the cheap set of tools from Walmart. 
and he wouldn't expect me to feed our family and keep us all nourished and healthy with cheap tools from Walmart either. So think about, do you need specific tools that would make your job um, easier to do or more efficient? And then I challenge you, maybe pull a cookbook off your shelf and just start to cook your way through that cookbook. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a couple of my favorite cookbooks. And hopefully one of those will help spark an interest for you. They're cookbooks that are really instructional. And they're ones that I'm using with my girls to help teach them more about kitchen skills and the things that they need to know in order to feed their future families well. So let's get back on Instagram and continue the conversation. Let's look at what our food goals are and let's figure out what steps we can take to start it. Maybe you want to cook from scratch and figure out how to make that more doable like I'm working to do. Or maybe you have a different food goal. Be sure to come on Instagram and find me at instagram.com slash swim.upstream or find me on Facebook at Jenny Veliki. And we will talk next week about probiotics and fermented foods. We'll be spending the next two weeks talking about how to brew kombucha. And we'll talk about things like kimchi and sauerkraut and milk kefir. So stay tuned to follow our series on the Intentional Kitchen. See you next week. You've been listening to the Swim Upstream podcast, where each week we discuss intentional living against cultural norms. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review of iTunes. This helps me be seen and heard by more potential listeners. I'd also really appreciate it if you would share this episode with a friend who might enjoy it as much as you did. As always, we can continue our conversation on Instagram at swim.upstream or on Facebook at Jenny Veliki. You can find the links to both of those in the show notes. And remember, the life you live is built on the choices you make. So just keep swimming.